0: and I think we're live guys I think we did it looks right okay <laughs> here we go hey welcome to um, the sellergate podcast um as always I've got the palm song here with me um she's always wanting to hang out so she'll be uh, right here in my lap the entire time um probably sleeping so there she is um today is sake so before we get into it, I got a cool shirt here, um, my Star Wars shirt. It's hard to see over everything because I'm slouched down because I'm short. Um, So this is the Seller Geek podcast, and um, you can listen to this on all podcast streaming platforms. Also, um, be sure to follow me. I am the Seller Geek on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, Some things I wanted to point out at the beginning of this is that if you are a listener, Um, I've been seeing that there's more and more people listening to the podcast. Um, If you're listening to this and not watching it, then please know that this is recorded live. So it streams live. Um, So if you see me, um, hear me talking to, oh, this person said this or that, that's because um, I'm streaming it live. So. (laughs) Um, And then also for today, I just want to point out that none of my books that I have helped me out with researching sake. Um, I had to go on online research, read lots of articles and write-ups on this, the history, the types, everything. There's a lot of information out there. Um, And then a little foot update. So if anybody's wondering how I'm doing over here, locked in this house, not being able to leave because I can't... um, walk so um i am due on valentine's day for my appointment to see if i can move to boot status so that's super exciting i might be able to actually start walking here shortly in about 10 days um for now though i have the boot on for security purposes because i fell again today and (laughs) i'm really scared that i'm gonna like injure my little weak foot Um, so I have the boot on now, even though I'm not walking on the boot yet. I'm scooting with a boot on my foot. It looks weird, but nobody can see me because I'm in my house. (laughs) It's just for security purposes. So, um, uh, fingers crossed healing. Well, though, everything's looking really good. So anybody who is listening to this is concerned about my poor little foot. It's doing well and it's healing well. Um, Okay, well let's dig into this. As you can see, I've changed the setup this um, this episode um, because I want you to be able to see everything. I want you to be, see all the sakes that um, I'm going to be drinking tonight. Um, probably going to get a bit tipsy by the end because this is a lot. <laughs> I have had this episode in mind for a while now, so um, going out shopping and um, Traveling and everything. I've always kept an eye out for the sake section and to pick up any canned sakes that I've seen So this is something that I've collected over probably eight months Um, So they're not all here locally. They're from all over Um, At this point, I don't remember where you can find these locally on which ones There's plenty though. Um, I think two or three of these I've seen in stores here nearby Um, They're going to run you about five dollars a can or this one's more like a like a cup, like a paper cup. So I would say more like a Tetra Pak kind of um, material with that. Um, Also, going forward on this, just in case um, any of you ever come across this, apparently in the U.S., we call it sake. But if you're in actually Japan, sake just means like alcohol drinks And if you're actually going to be looking to drink sake, you need to say um, Nihonshu. So that's the actual word for sake in Japan. Um, If any of you are just jumping over to Japan real quick just to let you know on that. Um, Before we get into drinking these, I say we, me, you're not here with me. You're here with me in spirit. (laughs) We're going to go down um, some process and the types so that then as we drink, you can better understand what we're drinking and um, the different categories because not all sakes are made the same. They're all different. So um, let's start with the process. It was very interesting. So a lot of people refer to sake as um, rice wine and that's just not true. It's more like rice beer because it's actually brewed, um, which I found found quite interesting. Um, The main process, and we're not going to get really deep into this because I don't want to get you all deep into the details with it, but I'm going to give you a good overall so you kind of have an idea. Um, So they steam rice, then there's a koji process, then there's yeast, and then there's straining. So the steam rice process, there's certain rice for making uh, sake. There's like I think it was 165 strands of sake rice. I did not write all those down. Also, I can't even pronounce them. They're like this long. They're a ton of characters. I am not going to try to butcher those names um, on here. But uh, just know that there's plenty of them. They are larger than what you would be eating as just white rice. And there's different reasonings behind that, why they're different. Um, And we're going to get into that. So the difference, um, and then you go into the koji stage. It's really interesting because koji is a bacteria. So they take some of the steamed rice off into what's a koji room because it's at a warmer temperature so the koji lives and grows and is nice and happy. Um, And they sprinkle it on top and let it get all mushy. Um, The koji is going to um, break down the uh, starch and sugar um and then you're going to move it over to the rest of the room with the rest of the steamed rice and they're going to add yeast to it and then that's going to be the brewing phase and the brewing phase uh takes up to around 40 days to brew and then they strain it um really similar to wine making and i'm not making this comparison saying that it's rice wine because it's not i just established it's not it's more like rice beer but Since I am more familiar and versed with wine, I'm gonna compare it to wine and the fact that wine's made differently by all different wineries. There's different vats used or different grape varietals or different processes, um, all kinds of different ways to modify the, the main process. That's the same way with making sake. So the straining process even is changed. The old traditional way is to put it in like canvas bags and hang them and let gravity slowly drain them. Um, but most of them now I read do more of a um, robotic process to strain, more of a forced strain. Um, but all different kinds of variations with that as we have seen a lot of other processes. Everybody wants to put their spin on it. Um, water with steaming the rice, the first process, the first stage of it is really, really important. And they take their water game super seriously. So pretty much all of the sake breweries are going to be located near mountains so they can get that runoff from the mountain streams or underground streams, which I found really cool. Um, it really reminded me reading about that for, I live near, um, Lynchburg, Tennessee, where Jack Daniels is made. Um, I've been to several of the tours there and with whiskey making, you know, whiskey is always done near a stream because the water is so important and the cool water. And I just found that really interesting. Um, just cause I live so near one, it kind of made me think of it. Uh, then you go to the Koji. There's lots of different strands of the Koji, um, apparently, and it's quite coveted. Um, that makes sense. And so does the yeast, different strands, the same thing's done in wine. Different strands of yeast are made. Sometimes in wine making, you use a um, natural yeast, just what's in the air um, that's making contact with the wine, just naturally starting the process of breaking down the sugars and making alcohol. Same thing in um, sake making. Um, there's different strands of koji and there's different strands of um, yeast. Now let's reel it back to the beginning of that because this is where um, it really gets into the classification as well. So the rice portion, I told y'all, there's like around 165 different strands of rice that's made for sake specifically. Um, And before they start the entire process, they have to polish the grains. This is super important. So polishing the grains, down from the original size, the measurement of that percentage helps classify the sakes in the different levels of great to like table sake, which we'll get into the classifications next. But it takes two to three days of this polishing process to happen. Um, Polishing these grains down produces a lot of rice powder. That rice powder is used for crackers and sweets. And the reasoning for this polishing process of the rice grains is to remove the fat, the vitamins, and the protein from that outer husk um, and only leave the starch in the very middle. So the more you polish down that uh, rice, that piece of rice, the higher the quality is going to be. And it's confused me a bit because of the percentage that it writes down on the classifications. Um, So I'll explain that on the next bit. So we have all the different types and we're gonna go down top to bottom. So the first one is gonna be um, Junmai, which is purely rice. So the different classifications of sake have the names that are associated with the percentage of the rice uh, being polished, but also um, that classification is broken down into two, one being purely rice, Alcohol that's made just from the rice making process or sake that's from purely of rice. And then they can also add their own alcohol to it. Obviously, adding to it is not a pure form and it's a little step down in that category. So Junmai is the pure form. If you see a sake that says Junmai, that means it's polished 70% and it's made to be served at room temperature or warm. Now, here's where it got me, where I really had to dig into this. So 70% you think, oh, 70% of, the, of that rice was polished down. So it's very high end. No, the 70% is portraying that there's 70% left of the rice kernel. Kernel? Is it kernel? I'm not sure. Rice grain? Rice grain. Um, so the lower the number, the better. So keep that in mind. So there's 70% left of the rice grain. The next one is Honjozu, which is same as Jumai, except they can add the brewer's alcohol, which is what I said is a step down. Um, also, it's uh, these are lower in alcohol. It's 10 percent alcohol. Then you get to ginjo and Junmai ginjo. So I mentioned before, right, each each bit is blocked down to two. So the next one is ginjo. But if you're purely rice ginjo, you're like really good. Then it's Junmai Jinjo, and that's the higher up. So you have ginjo, has the added brewer's alcohol, and then you have Junmai ginjo, and that one is the pure rice. Um, this one is 60% left. So the first one was 70% left. This one's 60% left, so it got shaved out a bit more. And this type of uh, sake is also served chilled. The next one is the best one. It's Dai Jinjo. So you can have Dai Jinjo, that's what the brewer's alcohol, or the premium version would be the Junmai Mai Jinjo, Dai Jinjo, which is um, just the purely rice. I have to say this over and over again because I have to think about it. It's a lot of specifications. If you're not used to hearing it and it's new, is I feel like it's hard to click on. You know, it's hard to save in your brain. <laughs> but uh, this one is 50%. Of the rice is left. So it's the tiniest bit amount, like it's half. They've shaved that rice grain down by half. Also keep in mind these sake rice grains are larger than normal. So you have a bit more to be able to shave down. But this one is like the best of the best. Now, then you have like the worst of the worst, <laughs> which is the table sake, which is foot uh 70 to 90% of the rice grain is left. that's like, I rubbed it on my shirt and it's done. I mean, barely any of the husk has gone off of the outside of 90%. Um, That is the table one. That's also what these two are on the table. The last two that I'm going to be drinking tonight is um, they shortened it and they called it a Futsu, F-U-T-S-U. So, but when I looked it up, the full name of it was Futsu Shoe. So, I guess they shorten it for cans. I don't know. Um, and then there's different styles within that. I found this interesting because I know what I've typically liked. I've typically liked um, cold, cloudy sakes and sakes in my past when I went out drinking. Um, that's what I enjoy because they are creamier and they're a little bit sweet. Um, so that type is called Nagori sake. Um, typically you'll just see the word Nagori though. So that is cloudy. Um, it's sweet and creamy. That process means also keep in mind that there's less of that filtration process. So you're not going to get a lot of purification on that. Um, also after sake is made, it go it gets pasteurized because you have all that bacteria being used in it. Um, and it's usually pasteurized one to two times. So it's done a lot Some more styles is Genshu, G-E-N-S-H-U. That one is high alcohol, 18 to 20 percent, and it's undiluted. So it is just like straight booze. Um, Then you have Koshu, which is an aged sake. And then you have Nama, which is unpasteurized. You have to leave it in the refrigerator just like you would a milk or something. So that's kind of the breakdown, and we're going to review through that again because that's hard for you to remember. Um, I know it's hard for me to remember when we start tasting these. So you've got, I'm going to start from here to here. Um, so these two down here are going to be the lower levels. Um, the foot, shoe, foot, these two here. And then these are the more higher ends. Um, and we're going to go through that. Uh, Junmai. Ginjo. Ginjo? Ginjo. And then we're going to go back through. I'm going to have all of this as um, notes to be able to re-explain these as I taste them because it's hard for me to keep up with it. It's a lot to learn. It was a lot to learn to research and read about. And hopefully you guys are following me along on this. It's a lot of information. I don't like to make all my episodes super educational, but I felt like this was so complex for me to just dive into without explaining the classifications we're getting a little educational here in the beginning um okay so that's the breakdown I'm gonna keep my little cheat sheet here so I can break it down later now here's the fun point we're gonna start drinking (laughs) and as I drink we're gonna I'm gonna review these on how I think they taste I have some chips here off to the side. I read that something salty is really lovely with them. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, you might hear some ASMR crunching in the microphone. Um, I also have a little water off to the side here, bubbly water, because this is a lot, guys. So if you put all of these together milliliter wise, okay. so some of these are it's from 180 milliliters to 200 milliliters per can. That's a full glass of wine. That's a six to seven ounce glass of wine. That's a big boy. Um, And then all of this together equals 940 milliliters. Now a standardized bottle of wine is 750 milliliters to give you an idea. So if I consumed all this tonight, I would be consuming a full bottle plus a seven ounce glass of wine. That's a lot of booze. So I don't think I'm gonna be finishing all this. Um, If my dentist is watching this. He uh, he follows me. But if he's watching this or listening to this, I'm sorry if I show up at my dentist appointment tomorrow, a little um, hungover. This is why. So let's get it started. We're going to start off with this one called Wee Sake. And um, this one says right off the bat on the front, it says dry, light, fruity. They have a very active. Instagram page, social media, they seem like they're really marketing towards a younger generation, which, you know, I'm always for um, getting this younger generation into more complex drinks. I'm always for that. Um, I did see right here on the side, they were pointing out that the red lettering right there actually translates to um, kunpai, can, KUNPAI, and KUNPAI means drink up. So KUNPAI, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> Um, Also, something really interesting is on them. This one says gluten-free, vegan-friendly. Some of these others say the same things. Um, you know, no additives, preservatives, all that stuff. Guys, that's all just for marketing because none of these have any of that stuff in. Sake in general from Japan does not. Um, I believe I read that preservatives and... um sulfides preservatives and sulfides are both things that are illegal to add to sake in the country of japan so anytime you see one of these sporting that that's a law in japan and making sake so and all of these are from japan um so i found that interesting for marketing purposes but it also um gives you the information it says pure sake made only with rice water koji and yeast this one says this is in the style of Junmai Ginjo, which we remember, Junmai means just of the rice liquor. There's no added liquor to it. So that means it's a pure form. And the Ginjo is 60% of the uh, rice is left. And this is to be served chilled, which it is. I got it out the fridge. Here we go. This is also going to be coming in at 13% alcohol, 200 milliliters. Um, So I don't know. I feel like it might be a lighter style, which is lovely. Um, I don't have little sake um, shop glasses or just glasses in general. So I'm using um, my whiskey sniffler glasses. So that's what I use on all these. Uh, Very clear. A little bit of effervescence going on in there, which I read can be seen in younger um, sakes made. Mm. Smells a little floral, a little little bit like pear. Mm. That's very light. Uh, That could get you in trouble. 13%, that is very light, very clean, crisp, very soft. Very easy drink, oh my gosh. When I went on their social media page, they even um, sponsored something for the F1 race in Vegas and had like a whole event and they do a lot of marketing stuff all around. And I can see why. Because you could you could get tanked off this. Drinks very well. Let's see how it is with a chip. I like it with a chip. But I also absolutely love chips. (laughs) Yeah, sitting on the couch drinking this or by the pool with something salty. Super good. Okay, let's get into this because I'm going to go through a little bit of history while we weave through and drink So it's gonna be a little, just what the title said, it's gonna be a little fun facts with drinking. So I don't wanna drink them all right now because then I wouldn't even be able to read the text on this, but here we go. Starting out with the history of sake, okay? So the history of sake was really interesting. It started from China. So China brought the rice and the sake idea to Japan around 500 BC, 500 BC guys, Uh, that was a really long time ago (laughs) also so from 500 BC that's where it's speculated Um, you know I'm sure they didn't write a lot of books in 500 BC so um, that's where it's speculated it started brought over to Japan from um, China then you've got um, the third century Some of y'all who don't know about that, that's year 300, a long time ago, year 300. Um, In text, the Chinese wrote about the Japanese drinking and getting drunk. So um, they said that that is the first time that sake was mentioned in text. But more specifically, in 712, there was a text specifically talking about sake drinking and the art form of making sake. And here's a really interesting and super gross thing I learned about sake and how it came about. Um, people used to stand around in villages and chew on rice for just like the health benefit and then spit it out in a in a vat. And koji apparently naturally resides in your mouth is a, just a bacteria that hangs out in there. So they were naturally making sake in the vat, which is gross. <laughs> I'm just thinking of this when I read this, I thought, what kind of vat is there where people are chewing rice and spitting it in? And at the bottom of that, somebody thought, hmm, let me drink the bottom of this. This sounds interesting. It smells yummy. Like who thought of that? <laughs> who? who was the one who decided to taste that? That sounds really bad. Of course, so I guess you have to think that in like the year 300, things were a lot different back then, and people tried a lot of things that we would probably consider very unsavory now. So I don't know. I found that I found that a very unsavory fact to even think about that. How somebody even thought about drinking that at first? Um. Hey, Chris, what is going on? So Chris wrote something here. Sake is delicious. There's a wide variety, just like other wines and spirits. So I always say try them all and you'll find some you love. Absolutely. We talked about that in the beginning. Totally agree. Um, and ugh, I think it's sorry, I keep scooting up because palm songs in my lap down here snoozing, while also I have my leg propped. <laughs> Not of very natural position to be sitting in. Um, maybe as I drink more sake, um, I won't feel my legs anymore. That would be nice. Mm. Ooh, okay. That one's done. Moving on to the next one before we dive deeper into the history of sake. Um, we have here Bushido, Way of the Warrior. Check that out, huh? Really cool packaging. All these, I think, are really cool packaging. Um, this one is Ginjo ginshu. So let's break that down. Ginjo is the same one as the first one we tried. 60% chilled. The fact that it says Ginjo and not Jinmai means that there's added brewery alcohol in this. And ginsu is the type. It is 18 to 20% alcohol and undiluted. Now, let's see here. That is correct, it's on the lower end. This one runs in at 18% alcohol. This is 180 milliliters, a little bit smaller than the first one. You can see it's a little bit shorter. Um, So it's still gonna be running you at a 6.3 ounce glass of wine um, if you're comparing in wine volume. Um, This one says that I should be tasting tart raspberry, Asian pear, watermelon rind it should be a little spicy um something that i really liked about all the rest of these is that they have plastic caps on them so that really um sets me at ease because i'm always like washing can tops thinking there's like grody stuff on them so i like the fact that there's like added sanitation to it <laughs> oh <laughs> You're right, Chris. People nowadays do eat Tide Pods and crazier stuff, so he said, so a little early vintage sake probably wasn't so terrible. I don't know. I mean, yes, I guess compared to Tide Pods, but still, the idea of it's really gross to me. (laughs) I guess you had to do what you had to do back then for booze. Ooh, ooh, that was louder than I was expecting. This is like opening up a can of tuna or something. Look at that. Peeled right off. I'm just like dripping that everywhere. Um, holy moly. And then there you go. It's totally open. I was not expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting because the rest of these are pull tabs, but just like immediately you're just exposing the sake. Um, all right, here we go. Put that there. Give it a good sniff. Right off the bat, this one smells boozier. (laughs) This one smells like it will tear you up. Smells like a typical like sake you might get in a Japanese place. It's like one of those hot ones. Definitely has that smell to it. Okay. Hmm. It's still shockingly smooth for 18%. Okay. And if I was drinking a wine that's 18%, holy moly, I'd be drinking like a port. I'd be drinking something that's a fortified. It's a higher alcohol. So, and you could, I mean, you could even tell, oh my gosh, the the legs on this, sticking to the sides of the glass. Um, But it's really smooth. Like it could mess you up smooth. It's not really, it's not hitting hard at all. It's not bad. I thought this one was going to be tank. 18% alcohol. I really thought, man, this is going to be like way too strong. It's going to be harsh. It's not at all. It's very soft, very feminine. It has a little bit more of like, I would say tannins almost a little bit of that bitterness. I guess that's that watermelon rind, a little bit of bitterness in the back of your tongue, but It's not, it's not, it's barely even noticeable. You'd have to squint to pick it up, honestly. It's very enjoyable. Mm. Mmm. So I had a poke bowl, a salmon poke bowl for lunch. And any of these would, I would love to be eating these with sushi. It'd be fantastic. Okay, the first two are definitely winners. I mean, I would definitely get these again. Let's try it out with a chip. Does not taste good with a chip (laughs) The first one did This one does not It tastes worse with a chip Oh my gosh No Okay it needs something sweet to go with it like um like berries or something i don't know something else Salty's not the way to go with this one it does not it does not compliment it at all let me have more of the first one to wash it down it's a terrible analogy give me more alcohol to wash down the alcohol but here we go oh that's better oh that's better. Okay. I don't have other things lined up to pair these with food wise, but just for warm and you get bushido, do not eat it with chips because it's like completely changes it to like not desirable. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Holly Whaley, thank you for stopping in. Also, Windward, um, two fantastic people in the Nashville wine community. Um, thank you so much for popping in. Hello, hello. Um, okay, so on with history. Oh, the combination was not good at all. <laughs> um, okay, so we had the history starting off. Okay, we had China bringing it in to Japan in around 500 BC, third century mentioned in text, 712 mentioned in text specifically on the sake. So that's how it started off. That's how that's where the books are showing got introduced. And then the government took over. The empire took over. Sake production. It was all within the empire walls. They, It was for royalty. It was for the upper class. It was for that type of people locked in there. Like, I mean, it makes sense, right? On those times, like anything nice, it was like we wanted it for ourselves back then. But fast forward to after that. So... Then it turns into from empire to religion and booze. I have that exclamation pointed on my on my index card here. Because what is with religion and booze, people? Anywhere. In wine history. In wine history, you hear about how monks made wine. You hear, if you still go to church now, there's still like the blood of Christ, so you're drinking that. Beer pairing. <laughs> yes, chips and beer pairing is great. But... Even though this is a sake brewing situation closer to beer, that one did not pair with chips. Okay, Chris, I'm sorry. It did not. Don't do it. <laughs> you can do it if you want to. I recommend not to do it. Um. Anyway, so all throughout on alcohol, you have all these things with religion. You have alcohol also being medicinal. Um, there's no difference in Japan, okay? Because after the empire took over, the Buddhists took over. So it was Buddhist temples and shinto shrines they took over brewing sake not even for a short period of time they took it over for 500 years they're making sake for 500 years just boozing it up with the gongs and the robes having a good time i don't know what the scenario was that's how it is in my head (laughs) like a lot of times in any kind of alcohol history it ends up having a religious moment where, like, these shrines and stuff took it over. Um, just about any bit in history. At some point in time, religion takes over booze, and it was no different in Japan. Okay, so there we go. We got that. Um, I'm trying to break up the history so I don't get left with no history at the end. So we're going to pause there from religion and booze, and we're going to try this guy, which I find really interesting and cool. It is called Joto, um, Joto sake, if you can see that. It is 14.5 to 15% alcohol, 200 milliliters. So it's back to the first one's uh, volume. Um, it is a foot sushi. So it is the, um, let me see, let me not, not mess it up here. Yep. It is Futsushu. sushi, but it does say to serve chilled. So I did put it in the refrigerator. Um, the graffiti on here is by a graffiti artist named Shiro. It is 70% left of grain. Uh, so it is a lower end. As I specified before, the futsushu is like the table sake. Um, and then Marumoto Brewing is who actually makes this. You're supposed to be tasting green grape and watermelon. So let's give it a whirl, Okay. Okay, here we go. Also, really interesting. This one says one cup sake on the front. And I was reading about that. So one cup sake, like these are super popular in Japan in train stations, like with um, bento boxes and um, convenience stores. I guess I just really want it to be convenient to get some booze. Whoa, that is trippy. It is like... It's plastic lined inside this this paper cup and it gives off a mirror image inside. So when you look in, it's a very glossy, <laughs> very enticing. Put it in this glass, there we go. So this is the lowest in, here we go. And I said earlier at the beginning of this, these two were um, the Futsushu. But I was wrong because the Bushido Sake is actually junmai, but it's recommended to drink junmai warm. So that's why I kept that one out. Um, These last two have not been um, cooled at all. They've kept room temp, even though, as I'm saying this, I'm reading serve chilled on this one. Sorry, I'm not serving you chilled. Um, And these others, I also have been left out, you know, so they're getting a little bit more room temp. It's lovely. It's not bad, it's definitely sweeter for sure off the bat. It's sweeter, but it's lovely. It really is good. Now let's do a chip test. Let's see how it tastes with chip. Not good with the chip, no. <laughs> no! <laughs> chip test bad! <laughs> chip test has only worked the first one. Oh my gosh, now I'm just in up washing down these bad chip tests with the first sake. I'm gonna get tanked by this. We sake, you really are like winning me over because you're the one that pairs with the chip. Um Also, did you see that? I just refilled my glass. I am. This is not going well. I'm definitely drinking the sake way too quickly. It is going down extremely well. For the alcohol percentage, I mean, these are 13. The Wee Sake is the lowest at 13%. 13 to 18% alcohol. Like That is high if you're thinking about in wine terms with the alcohol percentage, which I always go back to because I'm so used to it but I would be tanked if I drank all this. Oh my gosh, I need to slow down. Okay, um, so we've got, <laughs> sorry guys, that's my <laughs> husband coming in and psalm um, is protective. Um, so we have religion and booze. We left off with the Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines taking over on making sake for 500 years. Next, we're going to jump into the taxes era that's almost in the 1900s. So in 1899, taxes started getting ranked up because all of a sudden the government in Japan realized we can make a lot of money off this. A lot of people are drinking it. So in 1899, the taxes were 38.8 percent on sake. That's more than what the land taxes were. Which was sitting at 35.6 percent also in that year they outlawed home brewing so they were like you can't even make this stuff at home you have to buy it through somebody so we can make some money off of it they were making hand over fist money with taxes in a lot of different articles and write-ups that i read about they were talking about how popular the taxes were and um how the government was really happy with that it really brought a lot of revenue that also funded a lot of wars um which was happening at that time i mean listen it's i don't think there's ever been a time in the world there hasn't been a war going on somewhere but at that point in time there was and so it was funding that um also they changed how they did the taxes in 1899 so they changed it to where the breweries had to pay the taxes on the sake that was made, not the sake that was sold. So as soon as they made the sake, they had to pay 38.8% taxes on that, and they had to pay it within a year. So with doing that, that really stopped the, um, the type of sake being made named koshu, which was aged sake. Since they had to pay it the minute it got made, they it was like you had to pay the money years before you actually could make the money back. So a lot of breweries stopped making Koshu. It actually didn't start up again until 1955. So almost 60 years later, like 55 years later, almost it started back up where I guess a brewery started having enough money cushion to be able to invest and make koshu. I hear that finding koshu, um, that type of sake aged, is even difficult to find in Japan itself. So I've never really come across it. So it's very difficult to come across apparently. So we got that. Then we have in 1930 and 1931, around that time frame, The invention of a rice machine was done, which was a rice machine that allowed people, the breweries, to be able to shave the rice grain down to 50 percent. So that's also the age where you really start to get this higher end, higher quality um, sake being made. Because, as I said before, that is the best of the best. The daijinjo, daijinjo is 50 percent. So the best. Is shaved down 50% which is really interesting <laughs> thank you Chris yes I am a tipsy seller geek because I'm on my third sake <laughs> okay. here we go this is for you Chris so uh, we're gonna go into the fourth one before we get into the 1960s and how Japan tried to Americanize themselves which I thought pretty interesting as you might have picked up by now I find history and alcohol very interesting Um, This one is called Night Swim. If you can read the bottom of it, it says by Tozai. This is 14% alcohol. It's 180 milliliters, which is, you know, as I said before, I'll keep saying this because I might forget. 16.3% alcohol. It's a full glass of wine. Um, It is 70%. 70% of the grain is left. So um, on the lesser end, and that is depicted by... It is a fut sushu, so this one um, does say serve chilled, but I'm serving it uh, room temp in my household. Oh, in my household, if you're here and my husband vouched for me, I keep her house a refrigerator, so (laughs) her room temp is like 67 degrees is what I keep her house pretty cold. So, oh, get off my finger. There we go. So let's see what room temperature is right now. I will let y'all know with my fancy um, climate control. It's 68 degrees in our household right now. And to me, that feels too hot. And I'm going to turn on the air conditioning <laughs> because as I'm drinking the sake, I'm getting really hot. So sh- we're not going to tell. husband in the other room. Okay, we knocked it down to 67, guys. Okay, so there it goes so (laughs) that's what room tip is in our household so maybe that is a little chilled um here we go here we go okay here we go right there oh all right smells lovely i'm really um pleasantly surprised also by the way on all of these so far It's, uh uh-oh, he's listening. He said 67. (laughs) I thought he couldn't hear me in the other room. Yes, I lowered the temperature. It's so hot in here. (laughs) If you can see on the camera, I'm sure my cheeks are red by now. Um, That's probably part of the sake speaking, though. Um, So, So this one is um, uh, Night Swim, 70%. Futsushu, the lowest end 14% alcohol. Okay, I got that all out. Um if you go to their site though, the Tozai sake site and see all the other stuff they make, it's amazing graphics and names for all of them. They're really cool. Um I don't feel like I am hip enough. My husband hates us it. I don't feel like I'm hip enough to be drinking those super cool sake names, but they're really cool. Um definitely I feel like generated towards a younger younger generation, which I'm all for. So here we go. Very smooth. This is smoother than the other one. The other uh, fuchu, which was we tried the um let's see here, fuchu Fuchu, the joto. Jinju kun pie. Yeah, this is really good. This is really good. That's only seven degrees above. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is Fahrenheit. Okay, this is Fahrenheit, Chris. <laughs> 67 degrees Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Chris, where are you coming from? I forget where you're from. I'm sorry that I forgot where you're from. Um, I know your name, but uh, I forgot where you're from. <laughs> Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. Okay. Okay, that could, all these could mess you up. All of these you could drink way too fast and way too easily. Also, if this was chilled, like it says to do on the can. Sorry, um, guys. Boyd is <laughs> Fahrenheit. Um, so, <laughs> if this was chilled... Um, yeah, you could easily like chug this can. This is a very, very good. Let's chip test it. So far, we're one out of four on a chip test win. So let's see if this one wins a chip test win. Let's see here. it tastes very alcoholic oh my gosh it's like ethanol in my mouth oh it's terrible oh my gosh oh my gosh a good Texan knows that okay (laughs) okay Chris calm down Texan I know y'all just freaked out from the freeze down there we had a freeze too oh my gosh oh okay So, yet again, we're going to go back to the first one to wash down that bad chip flavor combination. (laughs) That's the only one so far. This tastes good with a chip. Oh, my gosh. I'm also in trouble because I haven't tasted my water at all during this process. (sighs) Okay. Why did I decide to do this again? Okay, here we go. We got 10 minutes left in the podcast guys and i'm about to drink my fifth one this is a lot of alcohol we're gonna get into it okay here we go history and fun facts so the 1960s beer surpassed sake drinking in japan and that is due to the fact That Japan was like, we want to be Americanized. They were all about the American culture. And so they didn't tax any alcohol that was coming in from America, which was a lot of beer. So beer really came up in popularity in Japan in the 1960s. um, And that uh, made the sake um, decline. Here's some numbers to show you why the sake declined. Okay, I'm not a mochi fan, Chris Coulter. I'm not a mochi fan. I don't like the texture. (laughs) I might be half Chinese, but I'm not a big mochi fan. Um, In 1975, there were 3,229 breweries in Japan. In 2007, there was 1,845. Quite a decline. 2020, 1,720 breweries. And then in 2022, exports increased six times from 2009. There's a boom. So, yes, there's way less breweries than from the 1975 and before that. But there is a booming popularity in exports. And I read up on this. So that's due to Japanese culture being bigger in other countries. So, if you have any kids or anything, or have eyes, you've noticed that the squishy animals and um, all the Japanese culture um, have really infiltrated in the U.S. I know I see this when I go into like bookstores and I see all the the books on, and it's like a Japanese section. Um, Japanese culture has definitely infiltrated, and not only in the pop culture but also in food. You know, we have a lot of sushi popping up. We have a lot of other kind of cuisines. With that, sake has popped up as well. So the export in Japan has blown up. Um, I mean, obviously with the number six times since 2009 for exports. So actually Japan is exporting a lot compared to keeping in-house and drinking. The oldest brewery is still operating in Japan. How cool is that? And I say that because it opened in 1141, people. I mean, 1141, a brewery opened up in Japan and it's still operating. I can't even fathom that. That is so, so long ago and it's still making sake today. That's crazy. Um, 25% of all sake made is of the premium variety, which is interesting. Um, most of it is middle ground table kind of stuff. Mochi, can you sure? Oh, <laughs> thank you, Chris. Uh, I believe you when you say that pairing with mochi and sake is delicious, but I can't get over the texture thing with mochi personally. Um, I know it's very popular. I'm just not a fan. So I would have to try something else. Um, October 1st is Sake Day which was established in 1978, which I found very interesting. That is all for my history card. That is all for research card and types card. Now we're gonna get into Soto at the end here. So we have Soto Sake. This is, here it goes another loud noise. Oh, it's so loud okay here we go crank it open i'm sorry palm song calm down she does not like the sound yet she continues to lay down in my lap you can't see her maybe you just heard her sneeze okay here we go here we go soto soto sake what do we know about soto sake it's 14 percent Um, alcohol 180 milliliters so we're looking at another full 6.3 ounce glass Um, and this one is classified as junmai which we said in the very first type was purely rice is polished at 70 percent and it's made to be drank at room temp or warm and this one is at room temp i'm sorry chris uh this is room temp of my house which is 67 degrees fahrenheit So that's what this is at. So let's give it a whirl. Oh. It's really good, but there's like there's a flavor to it. What is that? It's interesting. I don't know. I can't pinpoint it because this is my fifth sake, so I'm a little, um, a little inebriated at this point. But it tastes really good. It's also smooth, and it'll also get you tanked. All these will get you tanked at five dollars a can. I urge you to go out and buy sakes by can. They're fantastic. Um, I am pro having different types of alcohol for um pool time picnics all that kind of stuff barbecues you have your little cooler throw some stuff in there for drinks yes grab these things have a little package of berries or sweets or something um maybe some white chocolates i don't know some yummy things don't get chips unless you're getting this one. Oh wait a minute we did chip test the last one let me chip test now my nose is getting stopped up here go. Yep, only chip test the first one. So all the rest of these get something else that's sweet, like a berry or something. (laughs) Like a berry or something. But I encourage you at $5 a pop on these, it's a great price. Think about it. If you go in a restaurant and order a $5 glass of wine, that's a deal. That's a good, that's a good price. Get these, pop them in your cooler, have them cold. They are going to go down fast. Let me tell you. Sorry, I just snapped my dog. Um, They're going to go down so fast. So try them out. Give them a whirl. If you haven't tasted sake before, I urge you to try it. Um, They're so tiny and cute, too. They're so tiny and cute. Mmm. and they're so easy to drink they're so soft and feminine and floral you have a little bit of like the pears and the soft and juicy fruits in it I'm getting very specific now as I drank way too much um but yes I encourage you get them throw them in your cooler don't be scared of sockets and I feel like they've really made them approachable with these cans that's why I picked them up they're cool pop art. They look lovely. They're great cold. I mean, they're fantastic. And they're so light. They're just really lovely um, rice beers. Rice beers. Not rice wines, rice beers. Because they're brewed. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for the dedication of the chip and sake pairing. You know, that's what I read should pair with sake's. Um, I didn't, you know. I'm immobile right now with a boot, so I couldn't go out and like get a spread of sushi to taste with these sake. So, what I had was kettle low salt chips, and that's what I rolled with. And it's one out of five pairings <laughs> that worked with; <laughs> four of them did not at all. Um, I would definitely get any of these again, though. Honestly, honestly, and listen, none of this is sponsored, so I'm giving you your honest opinion. All of these I would taste again for sure. I'd buy again and taste, drink, enjoy, take them to the barbecue or an outing in a cooler, 100%. Um, they're lovely. Uh, I don't want to compare them one over the other because they really all are almost equal to me personally. They're clean, they're crisp, they're lovely and enjoyable please. I encourage you go out and drink more sake people. It is accessible. It is affordable. It is doable. Do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are out of time. I say that because I make this an hour long uh, because Instagram cuts you off in an hour. Um, So please tune in. Please DM me. Tell me what you thought, what you would like to hear. Um, and I'll be posting soon about what our next episode is on. So thank you guys so much. Bye. Do 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 do. Goodbye.